the first aspect, which is being a sheep of Christ's flock. And the Bible says in Psalm 95, verse 7, it says in this verse, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Let's read that verse together, all right? Psalm 95, 7, For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. And then also notice Psalm 100, verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, He is God, it is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves, we are His people, and here it is again, the sheep of His, what? Pasture. So when you look at these verses here, it's easy for, the, for us to understand that God is likening us to sheep, and that, of course, sheep go along with a shepherd. When you study in the Bible, of course, it's more prevalent Old Testament times, but in certain parts of the world, even where we were in California when we lived out there, I saw... Uh, shepherds with herds of sheep. It's, it's hard to believe, but right across from my office one day, I looked out and there was a whole uh, uh, flock of sheep there, and it's kind of an amazing thing. But when you study in the Bible and you look at shepherds and sheep, a man's wealth many times was measured by the size of his flock, depending on how many sheep he had showed his wealth, whether it was big or small. If a man was wealthy, in other words, he had many flocks. Now, he might have a couple sons, maybe one son. Uh, oftentimes, the sons, like David with his father, Jesse, the sons would tend to the, the sheep. They would be the shepherds for their father. But if, if, they, if he was a wealthy man, had a lot of sheep, then what he would do is he would hire shepherds that would take care of his sheep. Now, this is where it gets interesting because the care that those shepherds would provide and the skill with which they would do it was very important to the owner. In other words, the owner would not just put anyone over his sheep. It was, it was something that he was very particular about because he cares about his sheep. And this is what we see in the Word of God this morning <clears throat> that we are the sheep of his pasture. The Bible likens God, the Lord Jesus Christ, to the good shepherd. And the good shepherd, according to the word of God, he himself cares for us. And because he cares for us, we as his sheep have nothing to fear. It's a wonderful thing to be one of his sheep. And so this morning, we want to look at this aspect this morning of being sheep of Christ's flock. And I want to share with you some biblical principles how we as his sheep should respond to the good shepherd. Because we're seeing more and more in this day where people are doing whatever they want instead of whatever he wants. Did you hear me this morning? A lot of people are doing what they want. The Bible says this, that there are people and were people who are doing that which is right in their own eyes. How many of you understand it's important for us to do what God wants us to do and not what we wanted? Jesus said, I came to do the will of him that sent me. And we need to, first of all, know who the shepherd is, and we need to make sure that we're doing what he would have for us to do. So let's look at these principles, and I'm going to share these three principles, and with each one, I'm going to give you, I'll call it a buzzword, okay? These are the three words that I want you to take with you from the lesson this morning. So notice the first principle is that we are to hear the shepherd's voice. 
hear the shepherd's voice, and here's the first buzzword, it is the word allegiance. You know, we, we say, I pledge allegiance to the flag and to the United States of America. We pledge allegiance. Well, listen, it's a wonderful thing to be an American, but can I tell you something better than being an American is being a Christian. It's the greatest thing when God saved us. And so what God is wanting out of you and me is God is wanting our allegiance to him. So as you think about this this morning, this matter of our allegiance, listening and hearing his voice, it's imperative that we as his sheep, that we listen and we obey. If you study the Hebrew word for to hear, here's what you find is, is that it's not just something going in our ear. We're hearing a sound, we're hearing a voice, we're hearing a noise. It actually means to hear and to do. That's why James in the New Testament says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. See, it's one thing to hear it. It's a different thing to actually take what God gives you today in his house and go out those doors, watch this, and be different than the way you came in. So God says, I want you to pledge your allegiance as one of my sheep. And when you think about this, it's just like when, when if you could think back, if your children are grown, when your kids were little, oftentimes as a parent, you would, you would instruct them. Uh, my dad used to say to me, son, don't play in the street. Anybody else's dad ever tell you that? How many of your dads told you to go play in the street? Uh, <laughs> 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 you know, when you think about this, because they understand that, that cars are coming along and oftentimes, you know, cars won't see kids and things like that. It's important that we understand the dangers that are out there for our children. And for our children. And can I tell you this morning that as our shepherd and we are his sheep, God sees the dangers that we don't. Just like a parent. So notice, first of all, that sheep, as we are listening to his voice, we are showing our allegiance to him. One way we can do that is to be constantly feeding, to constantly feed. Now, what are we feeding on? Well, we all understand when you study sheep that they're, they're constantly grazing and eating grass and, and plants, things like that. But for the Christian, the word of God is something that we should ingest into our hearts and minds. We should feast on the word of God. We should constantly be grazing like food in our stomachs, the word of God. Look what Job says, neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. The words of whose mouth? God's mouth. Job says, look, God's words are the most important thing in my life. And Job says, look, more than just regular food, you know, we get up in the morning, boy, many times we, we don't forget to eat breakfast. You know, now breakfast could have been anything for some of you. It could have been a couple of those donut holes out there because you forgot to have breakfast this morning. It could have been you stopped somewhere and had breakfast. We went out to eat breakfast a couple of times with Greg and Janet. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm standing in church. Greg's steak was bigger than the plate. That was for breakfast. And he ate the whole thing. And then he ate some of Janice's food. I mean, the guy eats like there's no tomorrow, you know? But listen, more than just regular food, 
Job says, look, the most important thing, what's the most necessary thing is that I'm reading and, and ingesting and taking God's word into my life. And look what the psalmist said, how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. We need to feast on the word of God. It, it's good for our souls and it's good for our spirit, our, our spiritual lives. Have you ever seen this little saying, one week... W-E-E-K, without God, makes one week W-E-A-K. You know, when you, don't, when you don't study, when you don't feast on the Word of God, you know what happens? You become spiritually anemic. You become weak as a Christian. We need to be consuming a strong devotional life. It's imperative for our health to have good health. It's time that Many of us as Christians, and God's been challenging even me in this area, it's time as a Christian we get off the spiritual bottle and we start, we start handling some meat. My two grandsons, we're going to go see them in, in about a month or so. My two grandsons are almost six months already. And they, right now they look like they could play linebackers for the NFL. They're wider than they're taller, you know, they're just amazing, you know. And, and listen, my daughter's like, boy, she was on the phone with my wife yesterday, and the one boy, he just all of a sudden decided, I'm hungry, and I'm hungry right now, you know? And, and, my, and my daughter's like, Mom, I got to go. He's, he, he wants to eat right now, you know? And, and look, that, that ought to be the way it is in our lives, is every day we get up, boy, I can't wait to get to my Bible. Can't wait to read the Word of God. It's going to help me in my life today. And when I think about sheep, you know, sheep are kind of like cows, a lot of times when they eat, what do they do? They kind of they chew on it, and then they chew on it, and then they chew on it, and they chew on it. There's a word in the Bible, it's the word meditate. Same principle. You know, you hear something. How many of you in your, maybe your Bible reading, God gives you something, and all day long you're thinking about that? That's meditating. That's thinking over and over again about something that God gave you. The word meditate means to think about, consider, to ponder. It literally means to chew on it. Look what Joshua says in Joshua 1.8. This book of the law, God's word, shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, how often? Sunday morning at 10.30? Day and night. Now watch this. If you're, you're thinking about the Word of God all day long, look what the Bible says here, that thou mayest observe, because you're thinking about, to do according to how much? All that is written therein. Not, so you're not picking and choosing. You, you realize it's all God's Word. It's all instruction from God. It's all good. It's all profitable. And he says that you may do according to all that is written therein for then. You're meditating in, you're spending time in the Word of God, you're doing everything that God asks you to do. And see, people say, boy, I just wish God would bless my life. Well, look at the verse. He says, for then, because you've been in God's Word, you've been meditating, you've been, you've been chewing on it, you've been filling your life with it. He says, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good what? Success. See, this is not the world's recipe for success. God says, you want to be successful as a Christian? Spend time in my word. Day and night. Look at Psalm 1. We know this psalm really well. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But look at this. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law, there it is again, doth he meditate. How often? 
day and night. He's spending time always in the Word of God. He's thinking about it. Look, you don't always have your Bible with you in your hand, but I'll tell you one thing, that if you hide God's Word in your heart, wherever you go, you're going to have it with you. God's going to give you what you need. Paul was trying to help the young man by the name of Timothy, and Paul was constantly encouraging Timothy, look, Timothy, you've got to stay engaged in concentrated meditation in your life. And, and, and look, it wasn't just, hey, Timothy, uh, look, you need to take up yoga. You know, Timothy, you need to take up uh, uh, this or take up that. No, no, no. Paul says, here, Timothy, let me help you understand what you need to meditate on. What you need to spend your life concentrating on is the principles of the word of God. And look what it says here. It said, he told Timothy, meditate upon these things. Give thyself, look at that word, holy. See that? W-H-O-L-L-Y. That means not partly, not, not just here and there, not just to dabble, it'll, it'll do it. He says, I want you to meditate holy. Give yourself to the word of God that thy profiting may appear to all. You know, that's why they took knowledge of them in Acts chapter number four, because they had been with Jesus. Uh, they, they, they were spending time in the word of God and with the word of God in that day. So when we're listening to the shepherd's voice, we're showing our allegiance by, by listen, God says, I want, I've given you my word. The problem is, is that we're not reading it. We're not listening we're not spending time in it. So not only do we need to be constantly feeding on the word of God, but look at this second thing. Sheep need to submit to the shepherd's control. Now this, this is a sticky thing for a lot of people because uh, here's the problem is most people struggle with authority. That means that I have to be under the shepherd. <laughs> a lot of people don't want to come to church because they're like, well, I don't want somebody telling me what to do. Well, listen, as a church, we don't tell people what to do but God's word does. And a problem, if somebody says that they're a Christian, but they're not willing to be under the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, there's a problem in the heart right there. So as a sheep, we need to understand that there is this matter of submission. The closer the sheep are to the shepherd, the safer you will be. I want to be as close to the shepherd as possible. I don't want to be a sheep out there on the fringes as far away from the shepherd as I can get just to say, hey, look, I'm a part of his flock. I'm one of his sheep. No, I want to be as close as I can. Uh, we, we, when we were at the conference this past week, large auditorium, and uh, somebody asked me, they said, they said, boy, you must pay good money for those seats. No, I just get there early. Uh, I would get over there about 6.30 in the morning. They say, you, you go to church at 6.30 in the morning? No, it didn't start till 8 o'clock. But if I got there at 7.45, if I got there at 7.30, uh, all the people would have all the front seats, and I'd be sitting way in the back. I want to get right up there in the soap zone. You know, that's where the preacher spits on you. <laughs> now, the reason I like to do that is because if I sit in the back, here's what happens. Somebody's on their phone texting during the service. Somebody's talking to the person next to them during this, and it's a distraction to me. I want to get as close to the shepherd as I can get, so all my focus is just on him. I don't want to be distracted. And, and people are like, well, you know, boy, you're, you're up here. Yeah, that's why I like to be. Look, if I wasn't up there, I'd be right there. 
You know, I like to be close to the shepherd because the shepherd is the one that knows what's best for us and we need to follow him. I love the song, where he leads, I will follow. I'll follow him all the way. That's what the songwriter wrote. Look at Psalm 139. Search me, he says, O God, know my heart, try, my, try me, know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way, what? the way everlasting. Now look at this next verse here, Psalm 5, 8. I've preached many messages from this one verse. Look at these first four words. What are they? Read them. Yeah, watch this. Here's what happens in many, many sheep's life. Is instead of it reading, lead me, O Lord, what they do is they take those first two words and they put the, 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 the they take the O Lord and they move it in front of the lead me. And instead of it saying, lead me, O Lord, it says, O Lord, I'm going to lead myself. I don't, God, I don't want you leading me. I know what's best for me. But the psalmist says, lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. You know, here's the simple uh, truth this morning, that if we would allow him to lead us, Okay, in other words, if we would follow, guess what he's going to do? He's going to lead us safely. The Lord will lead us if we will follow him. If we get separated from God, you know what we become? An easy target for who? Yeah, that's right. You know, the devil's looking, he's looking for those sheep that just kind of wander away. Because they're easy prey for the devil. Look at the Bible says, as Paul was instructing in Acts 20, he says, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. You know, I, look, I, I don't, outside of the Holy Spirit leading me, but there, there are times, and there's been times in the past, where, where people will walk into church, and, and you know what they are? They're a sheep in wolves, they're a wolf in sheep's clothing. And, and as a pastor, uh, God's kind of given me oversight that if there's someone there, look, look, I don't want anyone coming in tearing up the flock. Why? This isn't mine. This is the Lord's. And we want to make sure that we're protecting what is God's, right? Can I get an amen for that? Amen. We want to make sure, listen, you're, some of you had children. I'm trying my best to protect your children. I'm trying my best with God's help to protect your families, why? Because the devil doesn't want you to be here. The devil wants families destroyed. And as we think about this this morning, we need to stay close to the shepherd. When we remain connected to the local church, listen, that is the best place that we can be. Be faithful to God. You know the verse, look at it. Not forsaken the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is the Bible talking about? The coming of Christ, right? So look, until the Lord does come back for us, then what are we supposed to be doing? Encouraging one another to be in God's house. It, watch this. Let me put it into our lesson. Encouraging one another to stay in the flock and to stay close to the shepherd. Do you get it this morning? See, look, I'm going to do my best, whether it's a phone call, maybe it's a I might just walk up to you and talk to you. It might be a text message. Listen, don't take it negatively. Just say, hey, I'm glad I've got a pastor that loves me, cares about me, and wants me to stay close to the shepherd because that's the best thing for us. 
See, God is looking for our allegiance. And so how do we do that? We listen for his voice. But notice the second word and the second principle is we need to follow the shepherd's lead. Follow the shepherd's lead. Now, here's the second buzzword. The first one was allegiance. This one is action. Remember, I told you that as God deals with us, then what do we do with that? So when we think about being people of action, notice here when you study the life of sheep, and this is very important, that sheep need to keep moving or they will become stagnant. So I mentioned when I got started this morning, we went out to a, a preacher's conference. You know why? Because I don't want to become stagnant. Brother Tim, your brother was out there. Same reason he was there. Because as a pastor, he felt like, I need to be here. I need the preaching of the Word of God. I saw men that have been in ministry much longer than I have that it was at that meeting. Why? Because we all need that. I don't want to become stagnant. You ever see a pond that's stagnant? You know, I like flowing water. I like a life that there's something going on. By the way, I like to see a church where people are being saved and baptized and growing. God doesn't want us as Christians to become stagnant in our lives. He wants us to constantly be moving. And, and when, you, when you study the life of sheep, look, if, what would happen if a shepherd would keep sheep in the same pasture? There'd be nothing else to eat, right? I mean, it would, all the vegetation would be gone. So what do shepherds do? They're constantly moving their sheep so that they can find fresh new pastures where there's food for them to graze. So when you study this out, notice it's very important for us, Peter reminds us, to constantly be growing. In other words, as a Christian, be moving. None of us have arrived. You know, we all need to be, keep, be growing in the Lord. Now, I gave you a verse. I gave you the wrong verse there in your outline. It should say, if you make the correction there, it should say 2 Peter 3.18 and not 3.8. I'm sorry about that. I gave the wrong verse. But here's what the verse says. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How many of you need to understand this morning, and God's helped me with this. There is a misconception of a twisting of what the grace of God is. We need to understand what the Bible teaches about grace and God says, I want you to grow in the grace of God. I want you to grow in the same grace. that Jesus was full of grace and truth. And we need to grow in that same grace. Paul, in his life, I love to study the life of the Apostle Paul. Paul maintained a, a consistent forward momentum in his life as a Christian. Paul, Paul could have easily said, hey, look, I knew all this. I knew the scriptures before I got saved. Uh, look, I'm way beyond anyone else. I, I'm just going to kind of kick it into neutral here, and I'm good to go. Paul could easily said that. He was leaps beyond many of his day, but you know what I love about Paul was he just kept going forward. He kept pressing toward the mark of the high calling of, of God in Christ Jesus. So when you think about moving and not becoming stagnant, notice the second thing about sheep as we follow the shepherd's lead is we should not follow the crowd. Now, this is something that a lot of people, uh, you know, some, some of you might understand this more than others, but boy, the, uh, man likes to create uh, fellowships and man likes to create denominations. And of course, sometimes you get uh, uh, colleges and alma maters and all these types of things. And look, most things will start out right. But eventually you study it out. 
Go back and study the history of Harvard. Go back and study the history of Princeton. You'd be amazed, just like if you went to our nation's capital, at all the, the things that speak of the fact that we, we were founded as a Christian nation. Harvard started as a Christian school. And they're so far away from that. The problem is, is that many times, unsuspecting, we will follow the crowd. Do you know that the crowd isn't always right? Just because everyone's doing it doesn't make it right. How many of you have heard that before, right? So when you think about this, look, sheep, they're an amazing animal. Because when you study them out, here's what you find is they instinctively follow other sheep. Anybody ever gone on one of those, what they call, a, you, you go horseback riding and it's trail horses and you get on your horse and you want to run on your horse but those horses have been taught that they don't go around the horse in front of them. Everybody been on one of those dull rides before? You're like, man, I could have rode the little bitty thing in front of Kmart that you stick a quarter in and got the same ride, you know? And, and look, sheep are amazing because what the other sheep do, they just follow them. You know, they, they never question, they never think. Uh, I saw this, I read this amazing account, and this is a true story. In Turkey, the country of Turkey, there was a, a, a shepherd, and I don't know how many, maybe he had people underneath him, but he had, in his sheepfold, he had 1,500 sheep. And it says here that they, they kind of turned away or turned their attention away from the sheep for really just a short amount of time. Now, I don't know what short amount of time translated. Could have been a couple minutes, could have been a half an hour, I don't know. But one of the sheep, one of the 1,500, jumped right off of a cliff jumped to its death. And before the, the shepherd could get over there and stop what was going on, 450 more sheep followed that one sheep off the cliff. And I think so many times what happens is that, that one of God's sheep decides they're going to go in a different direction and so many other sheep follow that one sheep. Now, you do understand that if they're going away from God, that is not a sheep you want to follow, right? Let me give you a Bible example. Some of you are looking at me like, does that really happen? Do you remember what happened when Jesus was crucified? Where did Peter go? He went fishing. Did he go by himself? No. See, that's what happens in the Christian life. And so we have to see this principle here. Look what it says in Romans 14, 12, and this is very important for us to understand. So then every one of us, how many of us? Every one of us shall give an account of himself to who? To the pastor? To your wife? No, to God. Every one of us for who we follow. See, sheep need the flock, yes, for protection, but they must listen to the shepherd for wise direction. Very important that we see that we're accountable to the shepherd. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.10. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, if you understand the Bible, the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat, that's where the saved will go one day. Everybody that's saved in Christ 
we're going to appear before the Lord. People say, wait a minute, I thought we were saved. I thought we had eternal life. We do. But you're going to stand before God one day and give an account. That's why the Bible talks about the things that you did are going to be tried so as by fire. And it mentions wood, hay, and stubble. What happens when you put wood, hay, and stubble in the fire? Gone, right? Nothing left. But listen, the things that we've done for Christ, that those precious metals and so on, those will go through the fire. See, it's important that we see that as, as one of God's sheep, that we follow the shepherd's lead, that we're responsible for the consequences of our own decisions. Hey, look, you go all, all the way back in the Old Testament, God's dealings with the nation of Israel, the people of God. When you look in the Old Testament, God tried to help them understand this principle but notice what happened when they refused to follow and they made the wrong choices. Look at Exodus 23, 2 in your notes. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. See, God is instructing them to refuse to follow those who are making wrong decisions. But just like those sheep, that's what Israel did. They followed them. They followed those people making those wrong decisions. If you take it to the New Testament, here's the greatest example I can think of. Jesus, before his crucifixion, he gets on a, a donkey and he rides it into the city of Jerusalem. And people are crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're waving palm branches. They're, they're laying their garments down as he comes into the city. Finally, our king has come. And less than a week later, the same people are crying, crucify him, crucify him. I mean, how fickle people are. And it's so easy to follow the crowd. But listen, you're not going to follow the crowd when you're following the shepherd's lead. So again, here's the first word, allegiance. He wants us to have our allegiance to him to listen to his voice. The second word is the word action. We need to follow his leadership in our lives. But look at the third thing. When we think about being a shepherd in his flock, notice that we are to remain in the shepherd's care. Remain in the shepherd's care. And here's the third word this morning, great Bible word. We need to be abiding in Christ. I love the word, to abide in Christ. Again, remember what I told you, the best place for sheep to be is with the shepherd. Every sheep, and I love this, look, doesn't matter who you are this morning, doesn't matter where you came from, no matter what your nationality, what your language was, listen, doesn't even matter about your past. Every sheep is valuable to the shepherd. Never let someone or the devil tell you that God doesn't love you and God doesn't care about you because he loves every one of his sheep. You are valuable to him. And so notice here that, first of all, that sheep depend on his protection. See, he loves us. And the way he shows how much he loves us is by protecting us. There's a lot of animals, and, and uh, you know, in, in, sometimes we'll watch maybe an animal show or something, and God has made it to where animals can protect themselves. It might be biting someone, or maybe they've got horns or whatever. But you know, if you watch sheep, how do they protect themselves? They really don't have a protection mechanism. I mean, 
about all they can do is maybe bite something, you know. But understand, we don't see that with sheep. And, and when I think about in David's day, that if, if, listen, remember the story about David says, look, there came a lion and there came a bear and tried to take some of the sheep. And David says, I delivered them. And David knew it wasn't him. He knew it was God using him, but he delivered them out of the paw of the lion and, and the paw of the bear. David says, look, they tried to take the sheep but he says, I was able to prevent that. See, without David, there would be no hope. Listen, for us as God's sheep, without Jesus, there would be no hope for us either. See, he protects us. Look, at the Bible says in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You and I are no match for the devil. We can't defeat Satan apart from the Lord. And so we need to be always conscious in our lives of God's presence. Well, look, you're not going to be conscious of his presence if as a sheep you wander away from the shepherd. You've got to be close to him. Be aware of his presence in your life. Look at Psalm 121. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. You know what that means? God's always watching his sheep. God knows what's going on in your life. God knows what you have need of today. When you came to his house, God knows what you need in your life. Nothing happens without God allowing it and without God knowing about it. Remember the story of Job? Listen, all the things that happened to Job, they only happened because God allowed Satan to do the things that he did. And in your life, look, God, God knows what, you, what you're able to bear and he will help you as those temptations and those trials come along. Look at Psalm, probably the most famous Psalm, Psalm 23, one of the verses there, verse 4, the psalmist says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. I never had a big brother. But I'll tell you, I've, I've, I've I had friends growing up that had older brothers. And there was just something about, man, you know, they're like, hey, I don't have to worry about it at school because my older brother, if he finds out somebody's picking on me, he'll take care of it. When you think about God to us, how God protects us, he says, thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they bring comfort in my life. So sheep depend on his protection, but notice they also depend on his promises. Hey, look, our shepherd is reliable. We, we serve a faithful God. God is always faithful to us. He, look, he never lets us down. Look at Psalm 9, verse 10. They that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. God gives us, boy, I wish I, 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 wish I had time this morning, and hopefully maybe you mark them or you spend time or you meditate on some of the many promises in the word of God. There's so many of them. And there's a couple of them to give you an idea how that we, we are to depend on his promises. Notice one of them is, I mentioned earlier, the promise of his presence. Hey, look, how many of you realize we don't have to wait till we get to heaven to have God in our lives? We can have him right now. Look what it says here in Psalm 37. The Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved, how long? Forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. Hey, the promise of his presence. How about this one? The promise of his peace. You know, the peace that passeth all understanding. When Jesus was on this earth and he was preparing to go to the cross, 
He said in John 14, peace I, look at this, I'm not taking it with me. He says, I'm leaving it with you. Even though I'm going to be gone, my peace, look at this, I give unto you, not as the world giveth, not give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. How many of you glad you have God's peace this morning? You know, I guarantee you some of you, look, I know from being your pastor, I know some of you are going through some things right now. But it's evident to me that you have God's peace. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't be acting with the grace that you're acting with. You can't put a price tag on the peace of God. And so it's a promise. Look, His presence, His peace. How about this one? We have the promise of His return. Right there in John 14, Jesus said, I go away to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, where's Jesus today? He's in heaven. Where are we going to be with him someday? In heaven. That's a promise. The old saying, you could take that to the bank. Why? Because I'm one of his sheep. I'm a part of his flock. And when I think of these promises, you know the best thing about these promises are? Is their promises are only as good as the one who makes the promise. Well, think about who's, who's making these promises. God. And God is always faithful. God, look, not one promise of God has ever fallen to the ground. He's kept every promise. And as I think about this, Joshua in his day, he talked about God's unfailing promises. Look at this verse. Behold, this day, he says at the end of his life, I I am going the way of all the earth. And ye know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass unto you, and not one thing hath failed thereof. How many of you think that'd be a good verse to underline in your Bible? That'd be a great verse for you to take and, and, and just put it wherever you go for your Bible reading, your Bible study, your prayer time, because Joshua says, look, everything God told me he was going to do for me, he has kept every last promise. And how many of you know that, look, there are some promises like heaven, I'm looking forward to heaven someday. You know, it's going to be a great day when we're with the Lord. But we have these promises because we have a God that has an unfailing faithfulness. So when you look at this passage this morning, wonderful passage, and and thought this morning is, as sheep, we need to listen to the Lord. How do we do that? That's by showing our allegiance to Him. Don't just hear what he says, but do it. That's that as sheep, we need to follow his leading. And then also we need to be constantly aware. Look, we have an enemy, right? The devil's not happy when you're with the shepherd. We need to be aware of the enemy, and then we need to rest in the protection that our shepherd uh, provides for us. How many of you are glad you're a part of God's sheepfold this morning? You're one of his sheep. What a privilege it is to be a, one of God's sheep. I hope, I hope you, 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 you really understand this morning the blessing it is to have God protecting us, God leading us. And when God speaks to us, even in this next hour, what are we to do? We're to listen and we're to obey Him. Great principle this morning 
great metaphor in the Bible, and we'll pick that up next week as we think about being sheep in, in Christ's flock, all right? Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for the privilege that we, are, we have to be one of your children. And Lord, we think about this animal that you've chosen to liken us to, uh, really not a very smart animal. But Lord, it is one that you have chosen to liken us to, that we need to understand that the best thing for us is to be close to you, to listen to you, to obey and to follow your leading in our lives. And help us to do just that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.